0: Today on the Zapecast, I spent my Monday rewatching the George Kittle play, and it's even more glorious every time you watch it. Andy Poland joins me. We talk about the end of Bruce, if it's real, plus instant replay debacles, and what can billionaires really not afford? All that, plus one of Santa's naughtiest elves pinched in a wheelchair heist. Your bonus daily dose of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. Tuesday, December 10th, 2019, thank you for downloading. The Steven Strasburg signing is coming down as I record this on Monday afternoon, and it is a doozy. It is a record, eight years, $245 million, Steven Strasburg re-signing with the Washington Nationals. My quick take on this is, well, it's not my money, it's the learners. You'll hear me talk with Andy later on in just a second. I recorded Andy before I got this news in my hand. Uh, It's not my money, so what do I care? Good for Strasburg. Pay him his money, as they say in Rounders, after what he did for the Nats all year long and in the postseason, especially Game 6, to save their ass with a performance for the ages. But I just, if it costs the Nationals Rendon... Or if they choose to put their money in Strasbourg, not Rendon. I don't know. I've fallen in love with Two Bag Tony. I've really come to appreciate just how tough of a son of a bitch he is at getting out, getting him out. If you're an opposing pitcher, and just how good he is at the plate, and he's an everyday guy. And I know that the baseball people they know the value of a good starting pitcher, a true ace, and they're the ones that put their money on the true aces. It's why they make so much damn money but man i would love to have rendon still if they sign rendon as well then it is merry christmas all over again merry christmas come early if they uh find money for both something tells me though that this is it this is what we're getting for christmas as nats fans we're getting more strasburg for eight years of which what he'll have four good years maybe five I'm Ron Burgundy, six. You're starting to push it because he's 31 years old, so we'll see. I got duped on that Moose video. Yep, I did. I'm an idiot. Total sucker. Of course, it was not an original video of a guy. And of course, it wasn't even new. It's three years old. Jesus, why am I so dumb? Still funny, though. And I sent you guys a long version of the Zabe cast yesterday that had a bunch of scrap sound bites and production pieces tagged on to the end of the timeline on my Final Cut Pro program. I normally just select the range, and I keep all these things on a timeline sort of loosely assembled in case I need to use them. I'm glad there was nothing on there that was, I don't know, inappropriate. It's a podcast, though, so if I recorded it to be used publicly, it shouldn't embarrass me. But it's always one of those things where like, oh, shit, you saw that? You heard that? Oh, God, what did I have on there? Who knows? Who knows what developmental, experimental stuff that I had not released yet that I might have not meant for for you to get out. Someone did mention On a Train in a Mall, and that's a great song by my producer Josh here in Milwaukee, that I do need to put here on the ZabeCast officially for you people to uh, get to listen to and enjoy. What do you mean, you people? Well, I'll tell you about you people. You know what I mean by you people. You good, fine, listening people. So I spent today, before we get to Andy Pollan, we'll do that in a second, I spent today re-watching the George Kittle catch and run that set up the game-winning field goal in that Epic Saints-Niners game. And I believe it's in the pantheon of NFL awesome in terms of specific plays. And when I started thinking about what is the criteria for being in the pantheon of awesome I believe it requires, first and foremost, there must be some stakes attached to the play. So, in other words, a wild play that includes incredible athleticism involving a three-win team and a five-win team in late December? No. That's not going in the pantheon of awesome. There has to be some stakes to it. This one certainly did. We're talking potential home field advantage, two great teams battling it out in a venue that is one of the league's great Thunderdomes. And, okay, so we got stakes attached to it. I was thinking that the James Harrison interception for a touchdown in the Super Bowl against Arizona is also in the Pantheon of Awesome, where you can watch a play and go, wow, look at this and look at this. It's not just a single great catch or a single great throw. Uh, I would say that the David Tyree helmet catch belongs in the Pantheon of Awesome because you had so much that was wrapped up into it, including uh, Eli Manning nearly getting taken down, but luckily eluding the grasp of a defender who almost had him as sacked and of course you had uh, Rodney Harrison furiously swiping at the ball to try to knock it away and Tyrese somehow firmly amazingly catching it and keeping it in his grasp is the Odell Beckham Jr. catch with the Giants in the pantheon of awesome I don't know it happened on national tv and the Giants were good that year but I don't remember necessarily the stakes of that game and I think I want to say it was against the Cowboys, but I'm not 100% sure. I know this. The George Kittle touchdown, wow. Fourth and two at their own 33, down by one on the road. Loudest building in the league, 46-45 game, back and forth, unbelievable. you got a bunch set left. Kittle's the trail receiver. He releases, does a shimmy-shake juke to the outside. It was key because they only had one timeout left, so he really couldn't turn it inside. Still made a great break on the route. He eludes safety C.J. Gardner, Johnson, number 22. Slips and falls as Kittle turns upfield, nipping his heel and causing it just a slight stagger in his step. Kittle then turns to the open ocean, angling in towards number 43, Marcus Williams, safety. He makes contact at the plus 49, just across midfield. A mighty stiff arm, causes Williams to hang on to the upper lip of Kittle's face mask for dear life. Otherwise, he would have been roadkill under Kittle's wheels. He even tried to get both hands on that face mask just in case, but the second hand slipped. That tells you right there how much he was like, fuck it. I am not getting truck sticked. The game is on the line. Who cares about the 15 yards? Tackle this motherfucker. Kittle leans in furiously, making sure he doesn't get ridden out of bounds while keeping the ball to his left side, safely out of reach of Williams. Williams hangs on for at least 10 yards of positive gain, pawing desperately at Kittle's face mask and then the out-of-reach football. Williams seems like a baby wildebeest caught in the jaws of a 10-foot crocodile making an existential fight for life. A third safety, number 24, Von Bell, finally joins the fray some 30 plus yards late to the party. He swoops in from the backside and attacks the football without any success as Kittle keeps chugging forward for extra yardage. If not for the arrival of the eventual man who got beat originally, CJ Gardner, Kittle might have shed them all. But Gardner takes a flying leap into the air, landing square on Kittle's head and shoulders while still churning, taking a furious but ineffective swipe at dislodging the football. An exhausted Kittle's legs finally collapse under the weight of three rabid defenders, taking him and the pile of attackers to the ground, with the football still vice-locked in his left forearm and bicep. Kittle's helmet is slightly askew, but still... Screwed tightly to his big dumb head. The violent pursuit has ended, but not until 40 plus yards of damage have been done. With another 15 yards rightly tacked on for the attempted face mask decapitation. Kittle bursts up from the pile, ready for more action. Starts banging his arms wildly against his chest, King Kong style. Ladies and gentlemen, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Incredible. It's the spectacularness that is the NFL. Tackle football, professional style, as I like to call it. And it is glorious. Hello. Hello, Andy Polin. So the season has come to an end. The Redskins officially eliminated from playoff contention.
1: There go my January plans.
0: (laughs) You know, it's only the eighth time in the last ten years under Bruce Allen that this has happened. So it's sort of rare uh, that only eight times of the last ten years... Have they missed the playoffs? God, I you know, you say that and you look at that record and you say to yourself, where else but in bizarro Redskin Land could such repeated failure mean that you're still safe? You're still yeah. not out. It's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you know. buy I-
0: do you buy the swirling winds that are being talked about in some media circles, including Jason LaKenfra of CBS Sports.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I like him. I I think he's he's pretty well connected, uh, especially to the Redskins. He used to be their beat reporter. But, you know, it's so hard to predict Dan Snyder. And in this case, it's not like Vinny. I mean, you could meet Bruce Allen if you didn't know his record and you didn't know all the the behind-the-scenes stuff about him. You'd say, "Hmm, this seems to be a competent guy. Vinny, you wouldn't want him to wash your car,
0: right? <laughs> he, yeah, he was a complete stooge. Yeah,
1: but so, at least
0: Vinny, you had access to. At right. least Vinny did a radio show. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> in Bruce Sunday Allen. Red Zone. Yeah. Br- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Allen. He he won't let anyone get near him. He travels in well-protected circles, just like his owner Dan
1: does. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're two peas in a pod. And that's why, you know, Dan felt comfortable with Vinny. He seems to be comfortable with Bruce. And there is the stadium issue. Now, some circles will say, well, you need to keep Bruce because he's laid the groundwork to get the stadium built in D.C. Others would say, well, he's just as polarizing behind the scenes as he is in front of the scenes. Right. And you got to get him out of there if you want to get the stadium done. I don't know.
0: Even if he had made a lot of groundwork on the stadium and was supposedly instrumental, I would say, okay, just leave the file at your desk. We have other smart business, am I right? We have other smart business people that can pick it up from where you took it.
1: Yes, but we had that last year. Brian LaFamina was fired about this time last year, and he seemed to be a competent guy who could get things done, and they weren't happy with that.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like it's it's going to happen, that Bruce Allen will lose at least his title, if not get flushed entirely this winter?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the head coach. Now, you know, this this thing that Mike Tomlin was going to come here, and now he's won, what, seven of his last eight, and he's going to be coach of the year. So, you know, he's, he's going to have to be bought out of his contract, and the Steelers aren't going to let him go. So if, if it's not going to be somebody of that stature, who is it? David Shaw thrown around? Is this David Shaw come here with player responsibility? Does right. he get, you know, the call on that? I don't know. I, I, I kind of doubt it. So, and, and he, would he come here if Bruce Allen is here? Probably not.
0: Right. Well, so. let me go back to my original question because you didn't really answer it. I said, do you right. really believe this is it? And you're like, yeah, well, what we're hearing is you didn't give me a yes or a goddamn no, Andy. So let's try <laughs> okay. it again. I, Do I, you gonna, believe it's going to happen?
1: i got to say yes. <laughs> okay. I, I got, but a qualified
0: what? yes. It doesn't sound like a convincing yes. By the way, the reason that I'm being such a hard ass with you is that I respect your opinion. I value your 40 years of following the team
1: yeah,
0: more or thereabouts that. more than that. Yeah. And yeah. that I get. I, I respect your sense of the room. And so I don't want to have any hope if you don't have any hope but it sounds to me like you give a qualified yes, maybe. There's a lot of maybe well, in your yes. Could,
1: couldn't you see, we, we, we see it, it played out like this. Okay, Snyder has Vinny. They go through a couple of years of nonsense with Norv. And then you get Marty in. And what does Marty do in his first move? He throws Vinny out the door. Get the hell out of here. And what is Snyder's first move after he gets rid of Marty? He brings back Vinny. Yeah. So couldn't you see another? Oh my! for a, oh my. A, a LaFamina situation where Bruce where... is
0: gone and then he comes
1: back. Yeah. Oh, right. for God's sake! What would stop that? What? What? You know? What would they bring in somebody who's got some background, much like LaFamina did with the league, and they present this as like, you know, okay, we're going to be transparent. And then after a year, Snyder goes, "Nah, I don't really like being transparent. I got a guy who protects me and and basically gives the middle finger to the media and everybody else. I'm bringing that guy back.
0: You know, if that happens, Dan Snyder should just as soon blow up FedEx Field and play all 16 games on the road because there could not be a more polarizing move than to bring back Bruce Allen after a one-year hiatus. That would be insane. But well, it's and- not beyond the scope of possibility, not with Dan Snyder. Uh, let's talk about the Trent Williams story that uh, Les Carpenter got from the Washington Post came out on Friday. I've right. yet to comment on it. It was jaw dropping to be for to be sure, but I have a real problem with the race card in this because it's a very uh, it's a very charged accusation. What Trent said, which is that Bruce Allen likes to hold the money over the heads of black players. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. You, you you throw in a very charged, heated and dangerous sort of angle and or, you know, part of this story without any further substantiating evidence. And I have a problem with it.
1: Yeah, I do, too. And, and I, I think that what we saw with Trent Williams was kind of a more sane version of Antonio Brown. He, he tried to pull the right strings to get himself out of D.C. I mean, that's that's what he thought he was doing. And he thought, you know, he, if he held out long enough, eventually they'd trade him. He'd be done with this. He would never have to reveal this thing about the cancer and how may or that may or may not have been mistreated by the team. But that's low hanging fruit to throw out the race card. I mean, it, it, is there any evidence that that's happened yeah. in the past with him? None. That no. I know of. Do you think no. that
0: that story did any damage to Bruce Allen?
1: No, I don't think Do you think, think so. it could have
0: had the opposite effect? Do you think that now Dan is like, hey, this is bullshit. Trent fucked this up by not getting the treatments that we told him to get or the to see the specialists we recommended for him, and now he's trying to turn it on us, and he's trying to racially smear, if not one of my best friends, at least my number one associate, I'm going to defend him to the hilt. I kind of thought this might actually have the opposite effect.
1: Mm, I don't think it had any effect, really. Okay. I, I, I just I think it's I think it's it's a separate issue. I think that they're going to have to get rid of Trent now. Whether that's going to be Allen to do it or whoever takes his place, but he's never playing for the Redskins again.
0: Okay, but who goes first, Trent or Bruce? Because if you get rid of Bruce, then the storyline can be written: Trent Williams, the man who finally dethroned the king. <laughs>
1: Right, I I just I just don't think that that has enough of an effect. Oh, but people, but that
0: people would write that though. If Bruce gets fired before Trent gets traded, in other words, if the new GM gets to come in and say, "Look, the old guy is gone. Let's talk, Trent. What do you want to do? How? What can we do to make this right?" And Trent might still say, "Look, it's too much. It's too late. You got to move me." Then the new GM. Can move him,
1: right? Uh, Yeah, I suppose. I don't even know how movable he is. He hasn't played a full schedule since 2013. Oh, he's He's very movable.
0: He's very movable. Everybody's movable. Guys come back and play. We all think, oh, this guy's done or whatever. Look at Adrian Peterson. I thought, I'm like, this year, get rid of him. He's done. We got the best year out of him. This motherfucker still runs like he's in mint condition. It's amazing
1: he's broke so he's well that's true hungry. he's
0: motivated it's <laughs> from so, sure.
1: part part of that but uh yeah I, you know I, I just I just look at the way the whole thing unfolded with Trent Williams and he thought he was playing the card right that he could get himself out of here yeah. by being enough of a pain and it didn't work out and he and he found the one organization that would rather punish him than do what's best for the organization and get draft picks and move on
0: yeah and then there's the uh Dwayne haskins. Uh, angle first of all when it came to him staying in the game hobbling around on that bad ankle what'd you think
1: uh is dr andrews still on the sidelines there
0: (laughs) they said he was cleared he was cleared put him in and i'm thinking that's exactly what they said about robert
1: (laughs) yeah remember shanahan saying dr andrews can robert go back in the game he said yes robert go back in the game yeah, and then Andrew said, "No, I never said that." He ran past me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, How ironic
0: is it for a team that supposedly has bad medical mismanagement that you'd send your your supposedly franchise quarterback back out there with a bad ankle? And yeah. I I got so angry at people saying to me, "Well, it's just an ankle, not a knee." I'm like, "The fuck does that mean? Ankles <laughs> can know. be bad too." You I
1: know? Don't know. Somehow this is this is currency in the NFL that if you play hurt your teammates will respect you. Having never played in the NFL, I, no. I don't really have any idea if that's true or not, but that's that seems to be the case. Here's here's my feeling as to why he stayed in the game. I think Bill Callahan realizes who's got the clout in this organization. Bill Callahan is 63 years old. He'd probably like to coach another four or five years. He likes being a head coach. He loves these news conferences. By God, they go on forever. Yeah. So he he's thinking to himself, okay, I know how the game is played here. I don't want to piss this guy off because he's got the owner's ear and I'll yeah. do it his way. He wants to stay in the game. Okay. We'll keep him in the game. And, uh, you know, we, we, we don't make him throw much anyway. We just have him hand off all the time right. and, uh, and we'll do it his way. And, you know, if, if I can get another contract at 4 million bucks a year for three more years, I'm off to retirement. Yeah. I'm in good shape.
0: Meanwhile, you know, he is objectively terrible. Terrible. Ooh. Capital T. Haskins. Oh,
1: yeah. Objectively
0: yeah. speaking, he is terrible. I saw a chart today.
1: No, that, I saw that.
0: You, okay. Well, are you dismissive of it or no?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, the eye test tells you something. The eye test tells you that he's incredibly inaccurate. One, right?
0: Right. Including the Two, great, uh, the one touchdown pa- or the, the touchdown passing through at the end of the game was a miracle yeah. catch.
1: Two, as Trevor Maddick says, he looks in the mirror and thinks he's Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's God.
0: not. Oh, <laughs> Maddox <Madage> says that? <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, like no. <laughs> you're, you're a little, a little too anxious to run all the time. That's, right. That's not his game. The other thing is, off the field, he appears to be incredibly immature. Um, going oh. over to shake hands with Aaron Rodgers during the game is dumb. That's stupid. Wait a minute.
0: Uh, when did that happen?
1: Oh, that, there, was, there was an extended timeout for injury, or review, and they showed it during the game. It was late in the fourth quarter, and he's walking over and, and shaking hands with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Oh, my God. I thought that was after the game.
1: No, no, there wasn't after the game exchange, oh. but this was like, you know, hey, there's a break in the action. Let me shake your hand.
0: Yeah. Well, I did see this week that he, on his Instagram, shouted out to Antonio Brown, Saying Another Antonio thing. Brown to the Redskins, that was yeah. embarrassing, and then yeah. apparently he was liking his own mentions for good play by Pro Football Focus,
1: mm-hmm. which we I know you've seen your, that before. Uh,
0: I know, I know, this is all bad.
1: <laughs> by the way, yeah.
0: the 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 uh, chart I'm looking at is uh, quarterback efficiency. It's a rating from Ben Baldwin, who does advanced analytics for football, and it's basically quarterback efficiency, and it's graphed on a ascending line diagonal line from left to right and the higher you are to the right the higher you are and the further right you are Mm. is better okay haskins is so far down and to the left he's almost off the chart entirely
1: i understand that
0: yeah and yet here's the thing that i find As a talk show host in a city that desperately wants a good quarterback, number one, and I think wouldn't mind another black quarterback getting what they think is a fairer shake. Any criticism of Haskins, no matter how legitimate, no matter how rational, no matter matter how numerically based, gets a real defensive reaction from some fans because they feel like you're attacking him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to dance around that because his numbers – are terrible and for example you saw what drew lock did yesterday for the broncos right yep 22 of 33 almost 300 yards three touchdowns a lot of bombs he's played two games he too is a rookie and was taken well behind haskins put that performance both eye test and numerical on haskins how's this town today
1: yeah, off, be it's
0: off the charts. People would be losing their minds, and yet they say, "Oh, there!" It's like an excuse factory for Haskins. I mean, pri- forget the ankle. Prior to the uh, prior to the two minute and thirty seven seconds of garbage time, he was ten for twenty five for ninety six yards. How can you keep a quarterback in like that? This is a production league, Andy. You gotta produce. He's not
1: producing. Yes, but he's also running an offense from a guy from the '80s. Understood. Like, like you know, is he the, though, the,
0: or is still the? It's still the uh, what you call it offense, right? Uh, the assistant coach, Jay
1: no, nah, I think it's
0: O'Connell. It's still O'Connell's uh, offense and play calling, right? Or no? Yeah, but the
1: the head coach has has said. I mean, look, they, they run all the time. That's that's what it is. It's 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 ground and pound, and and so he's he isn't asked to throw very often. Uh, he doesn't throw many deep balls, although he does seem to have quite an arm, right? You agree with that? Well, um,
0: the thing that's really tough is that, I mean, I think there's a strong case to say we're going back to the quarterback. Well, that in in essence, he's, he's sort of like Josh Rosen, a good idea that whoops, really we kind of reached on him. So we got to get a quarterback. We're going back to the well, but two things complicated. One is that he's African-American and number two is that the owner picked him. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. And look, look, Kirk Cousins was an interception machine his first few years in the league. Right.
0: How's he doing now?
1: Well, he's making a lot of money and he's got a team that should be in the playoffs.
0: He's doing great, by the way. Another great day yesterday. Another clean game. No interceptions. High completion Mm -hmm. percentage. A easy come from a headwind. Yes, they ran the ball a lot. Um, and you can say, look, he doesn't win. He is not a superhero, Kirk Cousins. Won't win games when you're trailing in the fourth quarter against quality opponents, especially not at night. But guess what? You look at his numbers and you say, I would take that for my team at quarterback all yeah. day, every you day. And you NFL. had
1: one. You had one. You could have extended him. And if you weren't 100% sure, just, just keep drafting and drafting in the middle low rounds and you may find somebody down the road. Well, Haskins, they didn't do that.
0: Will Haskins make it for the final three games?
1: Yeah. Injury
0: so. and or play
1: uh i think i think he'll play i don't think he's you know he i don't think he's necessarily injury prone do you i mean he gets no i did but,
0: but he's already hurt and he's been banged up he takes a lot of sacks he takes a lot of punishing sacks yeah. as well i he i think does. i don't think he's going to make it to january but that'll be a side bet for a buck you and i
1: yeah, yeah. College, he, uh, he, he hangs in there a long time he does yeah. hold the ball a long time
0: yeah college football playoff are you satisfied with this year's crop and are you satisfied with the current format of four or would you like to see it expand to eight
1: no, no. I think 100% it's four. These four have separated themselves out. I hear the, the whining about the same teams every year. So what? These are the, <laughs> these are the best teams. Steves right. are good, I think. They didn't have Alabama in this year. Alabama's in every year. Okay, this is the first year they missed. They'll be back next year. Clemson is good. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Ohio State, you got got pretty good representation from the various conferences. Um, I, I, think it, I think it worked out fine. What about –
0: the reason that I would be in favor of eight is this. You go five conference champs from the big five. And that means literal conference champion. You have to win your conference championship game. So there's certainty for the power five conferences, right? You know the road to get in the playoff. Then you take one of the three at-large bids and you set it aside for non-power five conference schools – so yeah. there is a route at least, even though it's not a direct linear route, for the Littles, as Tony Kornheiser would say, to get in. And then you've got two at large to just say forget everything, forget the record, forget the conference. Who really are two of the better teams that are on the outside? I think, uh. that's, I think that's, that gets it all done. We're still going to whittle down to the same four teams because eight, eight ain't going to beat one in this playoff. But at least getting to the playoff is a championship unto itself. And that's important for schools to say we got in.
1: I suppose. But I, I, these automatic bids, I go back to my good friend Randy Edsel, who had Connecticut in the Big East. It's and not the Andy's Big East good friend, on. everybody.
0: It's his enemy, yeah. actually. Go yeah. ahead.
1: No. <laughs> it, was the, uh, it was the days of the BCS. And the Big East champion went to, I believe, the Fiesta Bowl. And they were like an eight and three team, and they got worked by might have been Oklahoma, but it was a school of, of that caliber. And uh, it wasn't even a contest. And that's what you're gonna have with these automatic baits. You're gonna have yeah. years where conferences are down. You're gonna have a big a big ten one year where it's a down year for but, Ohio State. and and you know they get in with three losses. But Something that's works. fine.
0: you can make them an eight seed if you want.
1: Yeah, but then, but also you got that extra week. They're already playing with the conference championship game. The two teams that play for the title are playing fifteen games. Yeah, I know. Fifteen—that's an NFL schedule. I know it's tough.
0: <laughs> but look, they get they get a five hundred dollars shopping spree at the uh, bowl yeah. game of their choice, well, so they got that going for them.
1: That—that's another thing to watch this year in these in these non championship bowl games. Yeah, the number of players that are eligible for the NFL draft that who don't will play. not participate. Yeah, yeah. The, these bowl games, you're going to see like like freshmen who haven't played all year. <laughs> if yeah. that's
0: what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh the NFC East is total garbage and uh Monday night the Eagles and Giants played too late for this edition of the paper. Uh would you be in favor of if you're 7 and 9 and you win your division, you're still out of the playoffs that the NFL says we are not letting anyone under 500 in. We reallocate to the best wild card.
1: No, but I, I would I would favor the receding that that seven and nine teams should not be hosting a okay. playoff game.
0: So take away their hosting, but still let them in.
1: Yeah, I let them in. Yeah, okay. got to be some got to be there. Got to be something to winning a division. Yeah. That, that, you know, they otherwise don't have divisions. So I'll just have just make it like the old days where you just had leagues. You yeah. could do that.
0: Did Sunday's fiasco in New England shake your faith in instant replay?
1: Oh boy, that was that was really really bad. The 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 De- Jerome Boger and his crew—what an embarrassment! Now the uh, the the touchdown where the rookie wide receiver,
0: Nikhil uh, Harry,
1: yeah, Nikhil Harry had his uh, clearly inbounds. I mean, wasn't even close. You had a referee right there. Yeah, I mean, he, he could see it right there, and because it didn't, he, they didn't call it a touchdown on the field. They weren't able to review it. That's a kink in the system that has to be fixed. I, I know you want me to say give up and just replace, throw it away, it's garbage. I'm not going to do that. But that is is a bad kink in the system. If if
0: I give you that tweak, is that the last tweak <laughs> that you're willing to accept before you finally <laughs> flip and say, you know what, it just doesn't work. Get rid of it. No, I,
1: I can't. I can't Son get of rid a of bitch it. You. <laughs> they, they tried. They tried to get rid of it once.
0: Well, let's try again. Let's try nah, again and see nah. how it goes. Let's nah, try nah. again and see how it goes.
1: Vinny Testaverde scored a touchdown for the Jets. And if it happens to the Jets in the number one New York market, it's 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 going to it's going to create too much of a fuss and that's what's going to happen again. It's it's not going away.
0: All right. Did you see the uh, SI Sportsman of the Year, Sportswoman of the Year? No, who was it? It was uh, Megan Rapino.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's 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 fine.
0: <laughs> She's on the cover wearing a dress, holding mm-hmm. a sledgehammer. Well, that's kind of her image, isn't it? Well, yeah, but the thing is, sports person of the year, and she's not wearing any of her actual uniform or sports clothing or equipment, and she's holding a sledgehammer, which last I checked is not used in soccer. Yeah. Do you think well, maybe, is this why SI now is such a shell of its former self?
1: It, it, it seems to be um, it's it's there, what was there was somebody who had reported something last week and um, and and then another reporter refuted it. I mean, yeah. what's what's happened there is 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 really sad. That's the magazine I grew up with. I know and it's it's just not the same. I still get it. And I still read some stuff online. But they're, they've are they gone real cheap, and they've hired locally someone we both know. Oh, who yeah. I, you like, you're really? like, oh,
0: good Lord, really? Exactly. <laughs>
1: really? Okay. Good for him, but uh, that's, that's not Frank the Ford. <laughs> no, <I case. laughs>
0: no, not exactly. Uh, lastly, what would you make of the learners saying, uh, you know, we can't really afford, afford both Strasburg and Rendon?
1: Yeah, I think Mark Lerner went back to a well that was successful for him last year uh, when he did the same thing with with Bryce Harper. And it it obviously worked out for him. Um, But uh, this time, uh, I wonder, Boris immediately uh, refuted that and then threw out a bunch of numbers as to how much money they made. You know, like this the value of the team is two billion dollars and they made X amount of dollars. Who knows? Look, they're billionaires. They can they can afford to do whatever they want. Um, but I, uh, you know, my, I felt all along that Rendon probably isn't coming back. And uh, I think they have to brace for that.
0: Shouldn't and, uh, he have, shouldn't he have said, we, we just were, we've decided that we, 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 we want to keep one of the two, but we, we're going to make a hard decision to let one of them go.
1: I don't know. I, I
0: Instead do, of the afford, like, I don't think the public, it doesn't resonate with the public or certainly with Nats fans, a lot of whom have spent a lot of money on tickets for this team, it's hard for them to go, oh, suddenly you can't afford it. Okay.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, Mark Mark Lerner uh, doesn't do a lot of interviews either. And I don't think he's particularly, you know, skilled at the whole process. He also was not talking to a reporter. He was talking to Donald Dell. Donald Dell is – Probably a contemporary. He's older than, than Mark. He's about eighty, and Mark's in yeah. his mid sixties. Where Donald but,
0: Dell make his money? Not Dell Computers, did he? No, no, okay. no,
1: no, no. He he and David Falk started ProServe. Oh, that's right, that's right. Initially, yeah, he was he was he's actually a Hall of Fame tennis player. They initially had tennis players, and then Falk got into the NBA right. business, yeah. and they represented guys like Ewing and Mourning, and you know the rest is history. So, <laughs> they're he's like, made boy, this, lo-
0: this NBA business is a lot more lucrative than repping tennis players.
1: Right, right. So it, it's not like uh, as he's at the golf club and he looks over at the next locker and sees Chick Hernandez. No, he sees someone who lives in his neighborhood. Exactly. You no, know, you know, no, slight so, Chick Hernandez, he, but he's not in that income level.
0: So he know? was talking. He was talking to Donald Dell. In what setting? When he said that?
1: It, it's a. Um, it's. It was. A, it was a studio interview. Uh-huh. So it wasn't. You know, like you know, they were just shooting the bullet at a coffee shop or something. But I think there's a level of comfort with Dell that he has that he wouldn't have with a reporter and maybe said things with him that he wouldn't say to anybody else. Yeah.
0: All right. In closing, our, uh, former colleague, Chris Russell, apparently made a bet that he would shave his head or let you know. somebody shave it for him. If the Redskins didn't win at least seven games. I mean, when is Russell going to learn? <laughs> yeah. He makes well, these dumb he, bets. You know, he'd be he said he would quit if Deshaun Jackson was signed by the Redskins. Right. He didn't actually quit on that one. Is there anything you would bet your precious, wonderful hair on, Andy?
1: (laughs) Anything? I don't know. My hair would grow back. (laughs) The other thing is, what what do I get if if I'm right?
0: Nothing. Right? It's a lose lose bet.
1: That's why for him it's a win. He gets attention. Yeah, sorry. And I I guess
0: and I played right into it. Shame on me. All right, Andy. As always, a pleasure, my friend. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Isaac, take care. Thank you. All right, let's end on this today. Down up, down up. You know, I've talked about special jail for certain people in society who just don't get it and are egregiously fucking assholes about whatever. You know, like the crazy ladies or guys that urinate on produce. Produce, proters. proters, really? It, it, it's for people who decide to piss on Produce at the grocery store because they're mad or something, or or do so, anything with bodily fluids. I talk about special jail meeting. It's a quick trial. You're going to get a chance, maybe if you bring out a smoking gun piece of evidence that proves it wasn't you, but otherwise, 10-minute trial, and most people are going to be guilty, and then we send them to jail for two months. Absolutely. Minimum two months, no parole, no nothing. Now, some would say they deserve more than that, but with, with today's justice system the way it is, even more egregious things you're like i can't believe they got probation i don't know what this guy's going to get but he deserves absolute special jail not to, not to mention the fact that karma oh yeah karma is going to fuck this guy up headline wheelchair thief in reindeer slippers foiled by arizona train passengers wait what on a light rail train in phoenix arizona a day after thanksgiving a 26-year-old man wearing reindeer slippers jumped to his feet and wrestled a woman for her wheelchair. He unlocked the brakes, started wheeling the struggling woman toward the open train door as she grabs onto nearby railings. He finally upends the wheelchair, dumping the woman to the floor and bolts off the train with wheelchair in hand. Thankfully, other passengers came out after him, chased him down, shoved him into a wall, and retrieved the stolen wheelchair and waited for the police to arrive. Uh, The police department reported arresting uh, Austin Sherbutt on suspicion of robbery, attempt to kidnap, assault, and vulnerable adult abuse. In one of their Facebook updates, they said he was still wearing reindeer slippers when he was arrested. Despite this, the criminal was not spreading holiday cheer. <laughs> Put this asshole in jail, minimum two months, if not more. That is some serious ass karmic evil. A woman in a wheelchair. The day after Thanksgiving. Gee, what do you think he needed the wheelchair for? A couple hundred bucks, probably. He was going to go pawn it. A couple hundred bucks for some crack. I'm just guessing. Why else would you do such a thing? Who do you have to be raised by? Wolves to have that little regard for other people? All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review if you can. Thank you very much for that. Helps with the old algorithm. Tell a couple friends and just make me part of your daily podcast day. Slip me in whenever you can. Sounds sort of weird, dirty, but still, you get what I mean. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.